Hi, everyone. This is your post-April Fool's Day edition of your Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Thanks for sticking around for our next edition. It's been a, a little bit, but there was a West Coast trip in between. Chris Bowden, your Blackhawks pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio, coming to you with the Chelsea blogger, the NHL.com correspondent. Din, 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 din. Scott King, following the Blackhawks' 4-3 overtime loss to the Winnipeg Jets on Monday night. And, Scott, as we look at this game there, it's, it's again, one of those glass-half-full, glass-half-empty situations where they manage to stay alive. By the time 11 o'clock or so rolls around, what we're talking about uh, on Tuesday night, but what we're talking about now could really uh, have no meaning at all because Colorado has a chance with one point to eliminate the Blackhawks from playoff contention. That's all they need. But they live another day here. And from what I heard out of the locker room, there was still a pretty positive vibe to live another day, even though I think they're very well aware of the uh, the gravity of the situation that they have really put themselves into with what they have and haven't done over the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, first, you know, it's, it's uh, 11.34 on Monday, April 1st, so there's still plenty of time to prank you. But... Okay. No, uh, I, I want to get Let's you. Let's do the podcast first. All right, all right. Um, no, yeah, they could they could obviously be done um, on Tuesday, but it, it is good to see where they were and, and where they're coming from, and that's you know you, the Jets are a good team. They, they're they're in first right now. They they might finish there in a central. They might make a big splash in the playoffs, and and you see the Hawks kind of get down almost two goals with that video review and. Um, come back and tie it up and never really give up in that game, never really out of it. And, you know, you could say that a lot about their season. They, they, they had good stretches, um, some good streaks, and then they had some bad ones. You know, you, you uh, beat the Sharks and then you lose to the Kings. A lot of a lot of uh, back and forth and, and, and games and stretches like that. So it's a team that had some holes, had some problems, but they uh, they never put themselves out of it, so to speak, even though we, we might be uh, coming down the stretch here. They might be out shortly, but that's the kind of team it was this year. Yeah, and obviously the bar is set higher in this organization, especially after uh, not making the playoffs. Now it looks like two straight years after two straight years of first-round exits. But they're in a better place right now than they were a year ago. They're not by any means where they want to be. And that's been the continuing theme from Jeremy Colleton, which I, I've really liked hearing him say. And, you know, he has been a steady hand through all this, uh, really settling into this head coaching job. But when you do look back at it, when they had that second wild card spot on February 20th for all of, what, 45 minutes or so, <laughs> they had um, a total of seven games coming up against Colorado, Arizona, and Dallas. There's still another Dallas game to be played here, but by then the Blackhawks may well be out of it. Out of those seven games, the Blackhawks were only able to pick up five points. And then you have the L.A. Kings problem where the Blackhawks in six games this year managed to get all of two points all of them losses in one form or another against the worst team in the West so there was all this that was in front of them but I think you know when you talk about missed opportunities it's also a narrative and a definition of how flawed this team is showed a lot of guts and charisma in in finding ways to get back into the race but uh there's still a couple of key areas in this roster that are going to need to be addressed in the offseason 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think uh, we know the obvious ones. I don't know how easy it is to get uh, – the defenseman you may need, and it'll be interesting to see if, if uh, Delia is, is uh, indeed going to be your backup after his uh, multi-year deal. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. A lot of a lot of guts uh, at times when they need this season, so the season didn't completely fall apart um, early. But you know, they they have meaningful games now, and uh, you know, definitely a little bit ago they were very meaningful, and now they they still kind of aren't until they're out. And, and before we hear from Duncan Keith, because you know he was almost chipper at, at the start of his at the start of his session with the media on Monday night. But uh, a couple of things here in that during this recent stretch, uh, the power play plus the offensive drought uh, is the biggest culprit here. Where the big guns who have carried the Blackhawks for so long have gone into these ruts. Now, Monday night we saw Dylan Strome, after zero goals in his previous 12 games, come up. You see him get back into things. Earlier we saw Alex Dabrinkit on that road trip snap out of out of his rut. Uh, Patrick Kane, who is so spectacular for uh, every month of the season leading up to about two or three weeks ago, he is in one of the deepest scoring droughts of his career, 10 straight. His longest is 13. I went and looked it up. That was in his rookie year. Uh, and this is his longest one since he had 11, 11 game goalless streak five years ago. So I, th- I think all this ice time has kind of caught up with him. All of the production that, you know, the team is so grateful that he provided right, right. in insane numbers has dried out here. And you can tell he's really fighting. And it's also affected him on the defensive end with a key mistake on that tying goal in L.A. And on this first goal on Monday night against uh, the Winnipeg Jets, losing his man there, um, that was the guy who ended up scoring the goal. And you know, e- even some of his um, uh, decisions in the offensive zone, I think some could question. So two goals in the last 17 games, not to take anything away from what he has done, because he was definitely, if this team made the playoffs, in the Hart Trophy conversation and, and, and well-deserved. But it just li- seems like he has hit you know, a, a physical, a mental, psychological wall right now. That's what I was going to say. If, he, if he's not physically tired, he's definitely mentally tired, too, from all those, not just extra minutes when he's double-shifting and Calton has him uh, on a couple of lines while they're trying to figure things out with the offense. He's in all the special team situations, maybe not so much on the kill, but just just playing a ton, and that shows you, you know, no matter uh, which play, elite athlete you are, you are going to be sucking uh, some wind at some point if, if you play that much. And, and look, you, like we were talking about, you have... Uh, Taves come back and Debrinkit and Strom when when the offense kind of went cold in some of those games and need to win uh, maybe a couple weeks ago and, and Kane's really the only guy of the explosive offense they've had this season that has not come back and that, that's definitely uh, probably physically and mental uh, mental fatigue he's dealing with and you know it'd be nice to, to see him whether out of it or not nice to see him finish the season season strong and hopefully he can yeah and he deserves all the all the rope we can possibly give him despite all of this for what he was able to produce earlier in the season and you know whether that's the case he's never going to admit it and, and you mentioned Jonathan Taves matches his career high in goals with the first goal on the power play on Monday night 34 for the season that's also his 77th point that's also another career high so what you hope is that those guys can, can, can continue carrying that over into next season as well. And Kane, even with this drought, is one point shy of right. when he won the heart. Right. 105 now compared to 106 in 2015-16. So, I mean, you're talking he 
gets one point somehow, uh, you know, an empty net goal or something in, in uh, one of these last games, and, and he ties his career best. And the other guy that, that's just production-wise has been out of his mind is Eric Gustafson of the three-point night on Monday. Um, and we've seen um, incremental improvement in his defensive game. There were a couple of mistakes on Monday night, but overall, over the course of the last month, he had to revisit it a couple of times where his defensive game slipped or he made some crucial mistakes. We're seeing that less often here. All right, we talked about Duncan Keith meeting the media, and uh, let's hear what he had to say. And it's a little bit more wide-ranging. He talks about the energy he's had this year compared to last year when they were out of it by, heck, by, by the time the calendar practically flipped to March. Here we are in April. They're still mathematically involved as in uh, Monday night. And, you know, he, he talked about, you know, how he's been energized by the fact that this team is still in it. Not a perfect team by any means. Not the same teams he was on in 10 and 13 and 15. But uh, th- this uh, session with the reporters started out with him being asked about the fact that since Colorado only picked up one point and the Blackhawks were able to match it, that they were still alive for another day. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was a huge goal to, to get it to overtime there. Obviously, we needed that. So, um, you know, somehow I lived to fight another day and we just, you know, worry about the next game and doing everything we can to just focus on that and, and trying to win the game. What was the feeling like after you get their goal overturned and then you guys get a goal? You get a goal. You starting to feel like fate's on your side at least tonight. Uh, yeah, definitely felt fortunate there to to get that one reversed. Um, you know, and it just kind of works out that way. So obviously we got a, a bit of a break there, but it was the right call and. Uh, we did a good job of uh, forcing overtime. Are you guys aware of that Colorado game when it goes final and knowing that you need to get it to overtime? Yeah, uh, I don't think we were aware of that it went into overtime, but uh, you know, just doing everything we can to get points and obviously try to win the game. However, the season turns out, just being able to come back from January and where you were, and even come back tonight, how important is that for this team going forward? Yeah, I mean it's been uh, it's been a lot more fun playing meaningful games at this time of the year compared to last year for sure. Um, still feel like we got a long way to go, but um, you know there's definitely been uh, a lot of improvements since uh, around January, and uh, you know that's a good sign. We need that. Um, you know we're competitive, and we've been in every you know mostly every game. It's just a matter of uh, either execution or you know bad break here and there. So. Um, you know, we know that uh, we still have our work cut out for us here this this uh, rest of the way here, and maybe need some a few breaks. But uh, you know, we're still gonna still gonna be uh, holding out hope. Colorado plays tomorrow night. Are you a guy who watches other games when it's relevant to you like that? Or you just kind of keep tabs on it. Um, I don't know. I think for sure. I think now this time of year with the situation we're in, gonna be watching uh, and uh, you know doing that scoreboard watching, making sure that hopefully. Hopefully they lose. <laughs> Isn't that kind of tough, though, because there's nothing you can do about it. You have to watch something unfold. Yeah, obviously that's the situation we're in. We put ourselves in that situation. That's the the tough part, uh, knowing that uh, we're in this hole, but there's nothing we can do about it now. It's uh, just, uh, you know, hopefully they lose and hopefully we win the next game. What makes Jonathan the type of player that can have a career year after one of his most struggling ones? Well, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of pride, and uh, you know, I think last year was kind of a 
a situation for everybody where you know it was uh, you know it was a tough year. I mean, there's a lot of things that went on, went went on, and uh, you know we could sit here and name a bunch of things. But at the end of the day, I think Taser's uh, a great player. He's always been a great player in this league, and you know even last year we knew what he still brought to this team, and whether his points were down or whatnot, but. Um, you know, he's got a lot of pride and, uh, you know, he's still that top line centerman that we got on our team that a lot of teams would like to have. Doug, can you pinpoint one thing in particular that puts you in this position now that you're basically in kind of trouble here? Well, I mean, I don't know if you pinpoint one thing in particular, but uh, it's a team game and, uh, you know, it's been an odd season in a lot of ways too where you know, I look like uh, pretty, uh, pretty bleak uh, at certain times of the year, and we were able to fight back. So um, right now, I just think our focus is on, uh, you know, trying to win our next game and, and uh, doing a little scoreboard watching, hoping we, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, catch a break. Anybody on the bench concerned at all that Kajula's fighting after a recent concussion? Um, well, never want to see. Uh, him taking hits to the head, anybody for that matter, but uh, Buff's a big guy, and you know he plays a hard-nosed game, and, and that's what this team needs. It's what we need out of him, so um, you know, we don't ever want to see a player, or, or, or you know, especially on our team, uh, getting hit in the head like that, but uh, you know, like I said, he brings a lot of energy and, and feistiness to our team, and, and we need that. Duncan Keith, a plus 22 since January 17th. That's more like the Duncan Keith we got to know. And, you know, so even even some of the numbers, uh, you know, he's scoring six goals as well, kind of reflecting in the energy that, that he has gotten with this team in contention. He talked about Drake Kajula. And <laughs> the guy is just unbelievable with him being so fearless, fearless to a fault sometimes. That's the danger here. And I was able to see Drake in the hallway afterwards, not the singer Drake, Drake Ajula, in the hallway here afterwards, uh, joking around with, uh, I don't know if it's some friends or family members here. And Jeremy Carlton, who we'll hear from a little bit later on, said he, he came through that that uh, tussle with, <laughs> with Dustin Bufflin, which was brewing all night long. He came through it okay. That happened with 13 seconds to go in the game. In his first game back after missing 13 games from a concussion, he gets into it with a guy who's six foot five and 230 or 40 pounds in Curtis McDermott. Uh, you love his feistiness. That's something the Blackhawks need. And kind of like Andrew Shaw back in the day, we're wondering uh, how long can this guy put up with with that type of effort and punishment that he's taken but it's certainly something that energizes this team it's it is something that was missing while he was out there's a fine line where a player who's gutsy like that is fun to watch versus oh, oh no yeah i don't i don't like seeing that i'm a little worried for him and i think that's when he's coming off and coming back from a concussion like Kajula did, or if when they get into a tussle, a guy gets hit really bad and is slow to get up or something. You know, I, you know obviously him coming back so soon, yeah, I think Carlton was expressing he felt the same way. You don't want to see him take shots to the face or head. I, I really respect and love gutsy players like that. You just don't want to see another head injury or what you just had get worse. So it's good that he's okay, and I'm sure the team appreciates him 
playing that way, but maybe not the smartest and, and best guy to do that against. And he's in the two games back, he's created some offensive chances too. He's you know he's gotten some good looks and, and you know helped create some some opportunities for his line mates. He was back together. Jeremy put him back with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane for this game on Monday night. So he he does bring that element to the table when he's able. You just you just want him to be able, but. You know, we, we've talked previously about some pieces during the course of the season and leading into the season that have been found for the future, no matter where they will slot in. They were great unknowns, but you swap a Manning for a Kajula, you pick up Dylan Strom. Brendan Perlini, unfortunately, has been a roller coaster ride just like this team all season. Um, but you can see the tool. He's, he's got the tools in the toolbox, as, as uh, some coaches like to say. That's all there now. It's a matter of tapping into that more consistently. So Kajula, Strom, maybe Perlini. Dominic Cahoon's a guy that has shown, uh, even though he may be running out of gas here in this first type of NHL season uh, those are pieces for the future and now it's going to be about what they what other pieces they can add to the mix you know perhaps higher up in the lineup and higher up in the defensive core uh, how they're able to handle those things so speaking of Drake Kajula this was part uh, of uh, Jeremy Carlton's post-game press conference when uh, he met the media this one only goes about three minutes or so but here he gets some of his thoughts on this game on Monday night the Blackhawks' place right now is they're still in danger of being eliminated on an off night on Tuesday. And uh, just some overall impressions, including Drake Kajula going to battle for this team. We had our good moments, no question. I thought we shot ourselves in the foot a few times and um, showed some character to come back. And obviously a nice call from Meacher on the offside there. And uh, find a way to get a point. Obviously would have loved to have two um, Pretty standard. We did some good things, and we also uh, made it more difficult than needed at times. When you pulled Crawford, you know earlier than usual, probably did you know already that the Avalanche had gone to overtime? At the point? No, just trying to get your top guys on the ice, and you get it in their end, you got to take them out. So um, that was kind of the situation there, and uh, nice to see them make a couple plays. You have three games left, and you're, you're still alive now. How? how pleased are you that you've got this far even if it ends tomorrow night when they play the uh, Oilers yeah we want to drag it out as long as we could we'd love to uh, you know still a chance so we want to keep getting points but uh, we're certainly not satisfied with where we're at we made some progress but uh, we're all competitors we want to go all the way you see Drake Kajula getting punched in the head so soon after a concussion. You know, what are you thinking when you see that? <laughs> I don't love it. I'm surprised that uh, we didn't get a power play out of that one. But um, seems to be okay. So that's positive because he uh, has a big impact on our team. Players around the league know when guys are coming back from concussions. Should they take that in consideration when they're going up against a guy like that? I'm not sure that he knew that. But uh, I just think overall it's... Uh, don't love seeing it. Were you hoping for a spark to Kajula, Taze, and Kane together, putting them in? Yeah, I think they. Uh, it's probably as good as we played when they were together and as good as those two have played when Kajula was with them. So um, obviously we missed them, and you know whether you go to it right away or not, I felt like we, we should go back to it at some point, and um, I thought they had some good shifts, and that's what we're looking for, trying to find, still working on the right combos. Jeremy, you say that uh, you still have a chance mathematically, but 
you kind of resigned to the fate that it's really almost impossible for you to make the playoffs? I'm doesn't concern me. I just want us to play well. I want us to perform to our highest level. That's how we're going to move this thing forward and let the results fall as they may. Um, of course, I know where we stand, but uh, now's not the time to evaluate anything or summarize anything. Take the day off tomorrow and get ready to battle again Wednesday. So the Blackhawks are wearing all Edmonton Oilers jerseys, waving their flags on Tuesday night as they go into Denver and take on the Avs. Oilers also in a back-to-back traveling, just like the Avs are after their shootout loss 3-2 in St. Louis. And let's really briefly talk about this race, which is absolutely incredible. You mentioned Winnipeg's a very good team, but I thought Monday night you could see why they had lost 4 of 5. All the pieces are there, but they're still not clicking all the way. They were sloppy. The Blackhawks were sloppy at times in this game. They kept each other in the game. And, you know, looking up and down that roster, yes, that victory put them two points ahead of Nashville and two points now ahead of St. Louis. Two points separating the top three teams in the Central and Dallas not far behind. And, you know, even Nashville has been a team of fits and starts. St. Louis seems to be the scariest team right now. But it's just been fascinating with the way this division has played out. And, and, the, and the Blackhawks do have a say here, just as they did. They couldn't prevent Winnipeg from, from getting two points on Monday night. But with all these opponents that they face in the final week of the season, you know, if they continue to come out and play hard, they'll have a say in how every team slots here in, in the playoffs if they can't, unfortunately, be in it. Too. Well, I speak in facts that the Jets are in first place. No, I, I know what you mean. I was, I was watching the first period, and um, there were a lot of shifts I noticed that the Jets were even having uh, trouble in the Hawks' D zone. Uh, the Hawks were doing – I mean, the, the Hawks were playing really well in the first period defensively. I thought they were breaking up – getting in a lot of lanes. They were still behind 2-1 after 20 Yeah, minutes. yeah, yeah. They're, they were getting in a, a lot of lanes and, and bla- breaking plays up with their sticks. It's kind of some of the best D zone coverage I saw for a few minutes in the first period. So a, a better team kind of find, finds ways around that, especially maybe against these Hawks. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's some holes there with the Jets. You, you don't know how things are going to uh, finish here because it's still tight mm-hmm. this late. Yeah, and you know if Connor, Connor Hellebuck will be their guy, how deep can he take them? Goalie's such you know a, a crucial part, as we all know, of the postseason. And then uh, in the Pacific, Calgary has already clinched the number one seed in the West. They have home ice as long as they're in it, so good on them. They had a little bit of a you know stumble a couple of weeks back. They seem to be back on track now. I don't, you know Vegas and San Jose have fallen off a little bit lately. You know they're going to be the, the the other two teams in that mix, but. Uh, you know, uh, they're kind of in scramble mode trying to get into a rhythm. But all it takes is is to get in, get a, a decent game or two under your belt in the playoffs. And uh, it's, it's, it's sad to say the Blackhawks aren't going to be in it again in all likelihood at the time we record here. And this may be decided again, as we said. But... Um, I think it's going to be a fun, fun Western Conference playoff to watch, not to mention what's going on in the East. Too. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely fun to watch the West, but just watching uh, some of these highlights while we record this, I mean, the, the, the Capitals might be able to to repeat if they can uh, solve the lightning at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it might be a year as good as some of these West teams are with how wild things were in the, in the West this year. Could be another year where we see the the East win. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and we see all, the, and there's hidden points too. You know, Colorado has been awful in overtime this year. Um, yeah, that's how the Blackhawks beat them. But there's all these hidden points, just like Nashville 
three years ago now when the Blackhawks faced them in the first round. They finished as the eighth seed because of a lot of overtime and shootout losses. And you look at Colorado, uh, after uh, Monday night, they have 14 overtime or shootout losses. You turn half of those around, and it's almost a different story with where they're seated. So that's another team to watch out for. Grubauer's in a groove. Landeskog is back. And they've shown a little bit more of a tendency to get more balanced scoring, which has been one of their bugaboo from the start of the season. So provided Colorado does take care of things and get that final seed, they're going to be fun to watch. All right, I understand you had some um, movie viewing here recently. Upon... um, Excuse me, upon suggestion, excuse me, it's late and I'm losing my voice. Upon suggestion from, uh, did, did Brendan Perlini turn you on to this? We, I think we talked about it on a podcast. He mentioned it a long time ago, maybe like a month and a half ago, something like that. And I almost felt unprofessional letting it go so long and not watching it so I could relate What's it? to him. Free Solo, the movie, which if you remember when uh, Perlini had his... Uh, Goal streak. Um, Remember that? It was back when. It wasn't that long ago, but uh, right before he saw that, he had this like whole new philosophy on life. Where you know this guy, the the, the movie was a documentary that actually won the Academy Award for best documentary this past year. It's a uh, free soloing is when you climb a mountain with no rope, so you're a lunatic with a death wish. But uh, Drake could do it. Yes, exactly. He was free soloing against Dustin Bufflin on the ice, a mountain. Um, so yeah, no, just really, and you know, I totally, I totally can identify with what Perlini was saying. You, you know, you think about issues everyone has in their own life, and and goals and things like that, and things that stress you out. And this guy literally is climbing mountains two thousand to thirty five hundred feet up, with just getting his finger on like a little, just a little rock, getting his his feet somewhere where he can push up for you know three thousand thirty five hundred feet up in the air. And if he makes a wrong move, if he slips at all, he's done. And it, not just that, not just the. Uh, the aspect of anything can go wrong, you know, uh, risk-taking. But the achievement, to be so good at something like that, so difficult. It's a great movie. I recommend it. And I, I suppose you, you watch this on demand at home? Yeah, free on demand, Net Geo. Were, were you white-knuckling your couch? Uh, yeah. I was on the edge of my bed overlooking it. <laughs> no. But I would imagine seeing that on a big screen would be even, even more imposing, too. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it on my iPad, but... But uh, if you guys want to throw it on your big screen or you don't have to worry about waking up your family, go ahead. So maybe Brendan should watch it again. And, uh, boy, we're mean. <laughs> but have you found that your your writing has, has improved after after watching Free Soul? Yeah, it's fearless now. Um, I take a lot of risks. I um, jump from one paragraph to the next. It hasn't sped up your time, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you walk in here at 11.30 when you tell me 11.50. Hey, look, you know, we got done talking to Carlton like right before 10 till. I think I did all right. Uh I got. I improved a little bit, but uh, maybe I need to go climb uh, El Capitan and Yosemite like he did without a rope. Will that be recorded? I hope it was. <laughs> It'll be a, a live video podcast with you and Patrick Sharp doing play by play. I still have to get around to to watching Free Solo. Uh, I, I vow I will. I did finally just check out Green uh, Green Book the other night, which was outstanding. Was it? Not yeah, too, not no, too on the nose. no, it was it was outstanding. And uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen goes from. Being Mr. Uh, Mr. Hunk to uh, kind of an overweight uh, <laughs> overweight guy from the Bronx. Uh, so if you haven't watched uh, Green Book already, I would I would suggest that. So uh, we have two more home games 
Uh, I was so busy during second intermission because we gave away David Hochberg's suite for Friday night. David was in our booth for all our Ask Troy questioners. I, I didn't get a chance to glance over. I saw there was Euros tonight and uh, that uh, that great little, uh, what is it? Yeah, not chickpea salad, but the, there's something else. Well, it's a salad. I'm not sure if you, you touch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's the one John always brings back to your booth. I don't eat that. I don't like the healthy stuff. But did you get a, a healthy serving at least? You know, I got some. Um, what I did do, Chris, is they. You know, I didn't want to mess around with the Euro, so I was. You know, it was an interesting game with with possible elimination and things that were going on. So I want to be very aware and have my hands free. So I, what I did is I got myself three sliders. Uh, actually Wait, they, 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 they were they were gone by the time I I got there when well, the intermission. There's more than three. There's more than three. I didn't. They were take all. Them all. Um, maybe I should take in two. Say would you one, but yeah, I, I did that. They're, those are very good. Yeah. I saw some uh, some rather delectable looking baked potatoes out there too. Yeah, I had a lot of bacon on mine. It's, uh, there was the bacon actually uh, dropped onto the plate, and I was eating bacon off my plate that, with a fork. That's really a surprise to me. Um, now, speaking of which, should we uh, should we uh, Friday in particular, last home game we're assuming. So, do I stick around here midday and and forego the workout? In between morning skate and and morning skate and the game here, I usually come back around four thirty or so. Should, should I forego that in order to finally finally dive into literally our much discussed midday trip on game day to to Palace Grill and, and perhaps visit George and, and gorge ourselves and and maybe even post some of the pictures from that on our season-ending pot. I think so, and and on our social media as well. It's a, it's a big meal. It's our final... It's the last supper. Regular season, last supper uh, with George at the Palace. Uh, Is he usually there when you're there? Uh, he, you know what? I think he's just off on, like... I forgot what days, but he will be there Friday, He, uh, I believe he said today. So i, I got to put a, a oh, word... So it'll in. be your second trip this week or third? It'll be my second. Okay. <laughs> uh I got put in a word with my man John Dietz, but I think I can get you in to our to our, our meal, and maybe some of the other uh, media will be there as well, and I have a nice picture. Is there like a bouncer at the door uh, before I can get in? There's or? a password. You got to say I know okay. George, and you get in, and he, and he tells you uh, wonderful, dirty jokes, and you get to be yourself and have a nice meal and ruin my appetite with his dirty jokes. Now, and here's the thing: I'm I'm planning. I haven't done this since that one pair of pants on my on my navy suit split i had i have gotten them fixed i haven't worn them since i was thinking of maybe wearing them friday and i think if we go to palace grill that will be the ultimate test of whether whether that that stitching uh right on my backside is going to hold up so should i roll the dice with that or i think if you want to be safe get breakfast don't get a burger if you, you know you get a little whiter if you have maybe lunch food Here's, here's what I'll just bring a spare in the event of emergency. Yeah, we were talking about getting milkshakes. I don't know if you want to do that with those pants. We I've never had a milkshake there, and neither is Dietz. So you went you went there today uh, Monday for mid for a midday lunch, and then you you came back here and down some serious sliders during second intermission, second intermission about nine nine fifty. Yeah, much later. You know, we're talking like we're talking like one thirty lunch, and then I, I'm able to hold off uh, after having an RX protein bar. For a snack. In <laughs> All right. Well, I'll starve myself from uh, like sundown Thursday until lunchtime on Friday. Right. You have time to go home after lunch if you want. Go back. You know. I, I won't exercise. I probably won't be able to. Sorry, you're entitled to a day off. Take a nap. 
Take a nap. Uh, that's a wrap for this edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. We want to thank uh, the lovely, the talented Joe Romano once again for pasting this all together on his own time. And we'll tell you our next one will come, we presume, after Blackhawks clean out and final media availability. I'm not sure if they'll take care of that on Sunday or Monday. We'll figure out a way. But figure early next week. We'll hear from a lot of the players. Uh, it'll be a fat one. It'll be a fat one. Speaking of going to lunch at Palace Grill, it'll be a fat podcast because we'll hear some final thoughts from probably Stan Bowman, Colleton, a handful of players as they scatter for the off season, and uh, we'll throw in our our two cents worth as well. So figure early next week for the next Blackhawks crazy podcast, and uh, we'll see how we roll. Fly by the seat of our pants if we can button them uh, over the off season to see what develops. But we uh, want to thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to check out the Blackhawks Crazy Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Blackhawks Crazy and to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Leave a review when you subscribe. You'll automatically have the freshest edition a pop up in your uh, subscription. So, uh, don't hesitate to do that. Again, thanks to Joe Romano. Thanks to you for listening. Be sure to follow Scott at, at Scott King Media and myself at, at Bowden Tweets for any further developments. And uh, we always tweet out the links to our podcast as well. So hope you have a good week. The Blackhawks are still in it the final week as we speak right now. So it's been a good push, but obviously not where this team wants to be in the long run. That will make this offseason even more important. So until next week, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.